This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having phenomenal Wednesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Tomorrow, a little bit of housekeeping here. I've got the Patriot Awards, which are taking place in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, at the Grand Ole Opry. I don't know. I think there are still tickets available. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, will be a lot of fun if you've never seen it before. Uh, I'll be up on stage with Tommy Laren and Riley Gaines doing uh, a uh, presentation for OutKick in some form or fashion. I haven't been to the official, uh, uh, I haven't seen the rundown yet. So I'm not sure exactly what those details are. But as a result, it means that I will be out and about all day long. No OutKick the show. I'll be back with you on Friday. Uh, to break down whatever is going on. I'm not doing Clay and Buck tomorrow either. So uh, Buck's got the show, uh, radio show solo for those of you who watch or listen to that. But we've got a bunch of stories that I want to dive in on. Uh, r- right off the top, um, let me give you a little bit of rundown. IRS insanity. Uh, we've got Jimbo Fisher details on what his payment looks like and uh, the biggest buyout in the history of college football. And also, I think a a bigger picture analysis of college football as it pertains to Jimbo. I've got college football gambling picks, NFL picks. Reminder, I will be in Knoxville this weekend uh, on Big Noon for the Georgia-Tennessee football game. I will be on somewhere around middle way through uh, that program. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, So for those of you out there who like watching college football pregame shows, uh, I will be on that program from Knoxville for the Georgia-Tennessee game, I will tweet out where we'll be located, somewhere near Neyland Stadium. So if you are a fan uh, and or you want to be on television for that hit, you can come uh, and, uh, and say hi. So that should be pretty great. Um, but I want to start with college football gambling picks. Let me just say right off the top, as we get ready for the weekend to come in college football and the NFL – Last week in the NFL is pretty good. We've already got a winner uh, posted. I told you to take the Broncos Monday Night Football. So NFL, we're doing fine. I think we're 39-34 and 34 on the year in the NFL. Five games over 500, we're doing well. Positive. College football was a disaster last weekend. There's no way to, uh, to, uh, to phrase it, no other description that I can give other than it was a disaster. We went 5-10. and 10. I think that's the worst week of the year. Uh, we now are three games under 500, 65 and 68 by my count on the year. But everybody knows, number one rule of gambling, best way to get out of a hole, keep digging. It is science. So we start, here we go. Louisville, these picks are all up on OutKick. You can go check them out. They've been up, I think, since Monday night. Uh, Louisville at Miami. It's a big game for Louisville, Okay. Uh, Louisville has a chance to basically lock up, I believe officially lock up, a trip to the ACC championship game against Florida State. They're on the road against Miami. This is a you know one or two point line when it came out early this week. I like the under. I like this Louisville defense. We got burned on the under 
uh, last week with Louisville going up against Virginia. The Miami defense has shown up pretty well all year. I think down in the Orange Bowl, the under 47.5 is the play uh, as Louisville tries to punch their ticket to the ACC championship game. Uh, Rutgers at Penn State. I don't think Rutgers has much of a chance of scoring against Penn State. Rutgers didn't score against Iowa. The challenge here is how's Penn State going to respond to a tough loss? They fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, Last time Penn State lost to Ohio State, they didn't show up and play against Indiana at home uh, very well in the next game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. I'm taking the under 42.5 in this one, Rutgers at Penn State. Uh, Michigan, a lot of discussion. Friday hearing for Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh said a Michigan is now America's team. Everybody's reacted to that. Uh, at Maryland, by the way, John Harbaugh said that they've looked at all of Jim Harbaugh's devices, his phones, his iPads, his laptop, and they haven't found any evidence at all that he knew about the sign-stealing uh, situation. Uh, that, obviously, very beneficial to Jim Harbaugh, if true. However, as I told you earlier, I don't think that the judge is going to grant the TRO because I think if she was going to do that, she would have done it before the Penn State game because there's already been an irreparable harm now. If she finds and and decides that she needs to issue a TRO and she puts an injunction on this Big Ten uh, punishment, then what she's effectively acknowledging is there's already been an irreparable harm because Harbaugh wasn't able to coach against Penn State. But here's the deal. I actually think Harbaugh and the attack that has been levied against Michigan is helping to focus the Michigan Wolverine program and leading them to be even more motivated than they ordinarily would. This is typically the vintage trap game scenario. Go to Penn State, then you go to Maryland, then you're coming back home for Ohio State. What game is buried right in the middle as a trap? Maryland. But I think with the Harbaugh situation, Michigan's going to come out. I like Michigan to blow out Maryland. I think Michigan's going to win this game by 28 or more. I got him at 19 and a half. Jamie Chadwell, 41 and 6, I believe. Uh, Jamie Chadwell is in his last three seasons at Coastal Carolina and Liberty, where Liberty is now 10 and 0 on the year. I like Liberty to blow out UMass to win this one by over four touchdowns. Duke at UVA. I'm taking the under 46 and a half. Duke is a bit of an enigma. They go wherever the game is. They're either in a low-scoring game when they play against somebody who is a a low-scoring opponent. It's a high-scoring game like you just saw in the overtime outcome. I think it was double OT against UNC this past weekend. I think UVA takes this game out of the clouds, low-scoring. I'm on the under 46 and a half in this one. Illinois-Iowa, I'm going reverse uh, here and actually taking the over. Illinois' offense has started to have some success. Uh, The Iowa offense put up 22 by itself against Rutgers. They're starting to move the ball better. I think Iowa's going to get the win. I think Iowa's going to finish 10-2, by the way. But I've got the over 30.5. Yes, I am taking the over in an Iowa game. You might need to check me to see if I have a fever. Georgia at Tennessee. I'm going to be at this game, as I told you right off the top, for Big Noon, Fox's pregame college football show. I will be live from the shadows of Neyland Stadium. I've been telling you all year that I thought Tennessee would win this game 
in Neyland against Georgia because Tennessee's a different team at home. Now, I'm a little bit nervous about this after the 36-7 beatdown that Tennessee just took against Missouri. But, and especially after Georgia just whipped Ole Miss 52-17. to But I still think the value here is on Tennessee plus the points against Georgia. I'm on the Vols plus 10.5. UNC Clemson, I mentioned earlier that North Carolina gets into a shootout with everybody. I think that will be true against Clemson as well. I'm on the over 58.5. Florida at Missouri. Missouri now number nine in the newest college football playoff rankings. By the way, I agree. I think Georgia should be number one. I would actually have Michigan above Ohio State personally because I think Michigan has been more impressive than Ohio State has so far this year in terms of the teams that they have beaten. I don't know why you consider Ohio State. I know they beat uh, Notre Dame, but it wasn't a very impressive win. Otherwise, uh, these comparisons between the two are pretty similar, uh, except Michigan went on the road against Penn State and got the win. Uh, But I think Mizzou, now the number nine team in the nation, if I am uh, remembering that correctly, I think Mizzou's going to blow out Florida. I've got Mizzou minus 11.5, and and I would take them in the over uh, 58.5 here. Uh, So I'm doubling up. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Mizzou blows out Florida. Texas-Iowa State, I think Iowa State, the Cyclones, are going to completely uproot the college football season by knocking the Big 12 out of the playoff. I think that Iowa State wins this game outright. By the way, UF Mizzou, Mizzou, I should have said, the over, tap the banes, the over is my blood bank guarantee in uh, in that game. Texas at Iowa State, I actually think Iowa State's going to win this game outright. If you remember the way that I talked about Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, I said that I thought you didn't even need the points, that I thought Oklahoma State was going to win it on the money line. I was right. I think Iowa State's going to win this one on the money line, but I'll take the seven and a half that they're giving me right now. Uh, Washington at Oregon State, underrated, huge game. I'm going to take the over. Would not shock me, just as it would not shock me if Texas lost. Would not shock me if Oregon State beats Washington and puts a loss on Washington and then would give Oregon State an opportunity to potentially go to the Pac-12 championship if they came back the next week and also managed uh, to beat Oregon in what is still called the Civil War uh, in, uh, in that game. Uh, but I'm on the over there. Uh, and I also want to tell you, Kentucky, South Carolina, I'm on the over 53 and a half. Again, the over 53 and a half. I want to tell you, by the way, that I'm thankful for the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Ready to spice up your Thanksgiving? Remember Thanksgiving eight days from now as we dive headfirst into mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce. Let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right, time to go cold turkey on your old razor and take care of your own turkey leg with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. If you visit manscaped.com and use the code OUTKICK, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Plus, you'll be able to enjoy Thanksgiving in style thanks to the Lawnmower 5.0. Again, 20% off and free shipping. All you have to do is go to manscaped.com, use the code OUTKICK, and you'll be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped, 
your balls will thank you. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We're continuing to roll. More coming back in a moment, but first, this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, NFL Week 11 picks, by the way, already won, as we said, on the Broncos plus the points at the Bills. They actually won outright thanks to the crazy way that ended with the Bills having 12 people on the field and then firing their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, afterward. I'm on the Chargers minus three. These are the numbers that I gave out on Monday that I'm still reading from uh, when we did the uh, uh, fade show with Kelly in Vegas, Kelly Stewart. Raiders at the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins blow out the Raiders. I'm on, so, uh, yeah, I'm on the Dolphins minus 10 and a half. Uh, I like the Cowboys to blow out the Panthers. I just don't, I think the Panthers are a little bit similar to the Giants. I just don't think they can score with this Dallas Cowboy uh Uh, offense out there. I've got the Cowboys minus 10.5. Steelers at the Browns. I'm on the under 37.5. And And Giants at the Commanders. I'm on minus 9.5 on the Commanders. Again, we're five games over 500 so far in the NFL. So hopefully we can continue the roll in the NFL and start start to get just a little bit of uh, rhythm going again in the college football gambling picks. Jimbo Fisher, a lot of talk about who's going to be the next coach of the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Even a little bit of discussion right now. Do you see Dabo Sweeney? That would be interesting, right? Uh, That would suggest to me that they're going to break the bank if they were going to get Dabo to leave Clemson and go to Texas A&M. I don't think that's very likely, but if you are of the opinion that Clemson has begun to take for granted what you do, I can understand the appeal only in the context that whatever you do, I think it's more fun to build than it is to maintain. In other words, if you and a lot of you out there, I understand, you have small businesses, you've got businesses that you've worked for. It's more fun to take something that didn't exist or something that wasn't very good and build it into something good than it is to try to maintain that standard of excellence. Um, in other words, if you're a coach, you take over a program that's three and nine, sometimes it's a lot more fun to take three and nine and turn it into nine and three than it is to consistently win nine or ten games because the expectation becomes among your fan base that you're always going to win, that you're always going to con- contend for a national title. And that's what Dabo Sweeney has created in, right now, Clemson. But if you went out and you won nine or ten games for the next four or five years every year at Texas A&M, Aggie fans will be ecstatic because that excellence they have not been able to maintain. So they just fired Jimbo Fisher. I can see why Dabo would like to flirt with Clemson because he probably feels a little bit unsupported and because he thinks, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, 
I could do this all over again, and maybe it would be easier to do in the SEC. Maybe he's looking around right now, and he sees that the ACC is getting a little bit left behind in terms of the amount of money that they could potentially make. And so maybe he's thinking, hey, now is the time to move on. I'm not sure that he's going to do it, but I do think uh, that is an intriguing aspect to at least consider. But I grabbed this because I thought it was so interesting. All of the money that Jimbo Fisher is going to make, $19.4 million within 60 days, $7.27 million uh, within 120 days, and then $7.27 in 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31, which is going to add up to $76 million, which is the most money that anybody has ever received not to coach. There's no offset language. What's interesting about this to me is I wonder whether it's going to lead to a reevaluation of what contracts look like in college football. Because what often happens is top college football coaches have almost no buyout, but if they get fired, they get bought out for an absolute bonanza of cash. And even at Texas A&M, if you're paying $76 million for him not to be the coach anymore, how much money do you actually have to lure a new coach? And Dabo's interesting because it's very similar to what AM did with Jimbo. You hire a coach in the event that Dabo was the choice. You hire a coach that has begun a downward trend at his current job and expect him to take you back to the apex at his new job. I don't know if I buy into that uh, as a uh, potential outcome that could make a lot of sense, but I also simultaneously think it would be hard to pass on Dabo if you believe that he's actually interested in your job because there aren't that many truly proven head football coaches in college right now that would be willing to move even for A&M style money which is why I said, you know, you talk to Dan Lanning at Oregon. You talk, I think, to Dan, Dan Campbell at the Lions. Some people are like, why in the world would Dan Campbell leave the Lions to go to coach at A&M? Well, he's from A&M, player there, loves the Aggies, uh, likes College Station, probably could double, double his salary. A lot of people don't realize NFL coaches make far less typically than the top-level coaches in college football do. So... I don't think it's crazy to contemplate that that could be a decision uh, worth making for, uh, for Dan Campbell. Maybe you talked to Cliff Kingsbury, had a lot of success back in the day with Johnny Menzel. Obviously, the red flag there. He's already coached in Texas and couldn't win at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. That would be uh, maybe something that would give pause. Uh, certainly, you look at Elko, who has already won. Uh, as a defensive coordinator, everybody knows him in Aggieland. They would know whether or not they think he's a good fit and whether they like him for the possibility of being there. Um, and uh, I think that list gets pretty short. I would look at Jamie Chadwell personally, whether I'm Mississippi State or Texas A&M. I think Mississippi State could have an interesting decision. Would Dan Mullen come back to Starkville? Would they take him there? Uh, that's a conversation that doesn't typically come up very often. Uh, or do they think they've moved on and it doesn't make sense anymore? I personally would look at Lane Kiffin. Lane flirted with Auburn already. Would he go to Texas A&M? He's very much in the same mindset in general 
of Steve Sarkeesian in terms of being an op- uh, offensive coordinator with the USC background, with the Alabama background. That could make sense. Uh, both of those guys would be very similar. Those would be the names that would immediately kind of, uh, I think, Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Those would be the names that would immediately kind of come to mind for me. I want to mention this. I try to be as honest with you guys as I possibly can uh, every single day, for better or worse. And I told you, I think last week, that the IRS, out of nowhere, is suddenly deciding, hey, we're going to audit you for 2021. Uh, And what's wild is the IRS just like, hey, we want all your bank statements. We want all the contracts that you've signed involved in your business. They have provided zero evidence that I haven't paid enough taxes, but they're just like, hey, we want you to be turning over all these documents to us. And I'm like, you don't just get to knock on my door and say, give me, my, give me your phone. We want to investigate every email that you've sent for the last 10 years to see if we can find something that we consider to be improper. Like, it seems to me that the IRS should have to say, hey, we believe that you have done something inappropriate on your tax return, and here is what we found by reviewing your tax return. Why do they just get to show up and say, hey, provide all of this documentation to us. We haven't given you any evidence that you've uh, done anything wrong, but we want all of this information so we can scrutinize your entire financial history. Again, I think this is all political. I don't think it's a coincidence that I took over the Rush Limbaugh time slot with Buck Sexton and then, boom, immediately get the IRS showing up on my doorstep. Some people say, why talk about it? Because Democrats just hired 87,000, that's their plan, new IRS agents. 87,000 of them. And there aren't enough billionaires. There aren't enough hundred millionaires. There aren't enough 50-plus millionaires for them to be able to just focus on those tax returns. They're going to come for you, too. They're going to show up. And I say that because I got to notice now On my 2022 tax return, full disclosure, I have paid in the last couple of years over $10 million in federal income tax. Not trying to brag, I'm just being as honest with you as I possibly can. I have paid over $10 million in federal income tax in the past couple of years. Okay, that's the truth. I am in the, you know... Whatever, I don't imagine there's that many people who've paid over $10 million in federal income tax in just the last two years, okay? I'm fortunate, very successful. I work my ass off. Uh, I'm lucky to be rich, uh, and I'm being rewarded thanks to living in a capitalistic society uh, that I still believe should reward individual excellence and the meritocracy. 2022 tax return notice. They told me that I had underpaid my taxes in 2022. Reminder, I've paid over $10 million in federal income taxes over the past couple of years. Do you know what the IRS told me that I owed? $39.75. I have paid them over $10 million in the past couple of years. They sent me a notice saying I underpaid my 2022 tax return by $39.75. And as soon as I opened up that mail and envelope, I said, look, this is clear. They are just totally screwing with me now. So I sent a check to the IRS yesterday 
for $39.75. Mind you, I have paid over $10 million in federal income taxes the past two years. They are scrutinizing everything that I've done in an effort to try to find uh, more money, to try to find something that I've done wrong. And so far, the only thing that they have recognized that they think that I owe is an additional $39.75. Again, I'm sharing this story because I try to be as honest as I possibly can with you every single day, but this is what they're going to do, right? This is what these kind of situations lead to they are going to go after you. They're going to go after people. Eventually, they're going to run out. We have a lot of accountants, tax lawyers, everything else. They're going to run out of people like me who pay a lot of money in taxes very quickly, and they're going to be coming after you, right? That's the goal. And all I'm saying is, how crazy is it that they suddenly can just say to me, give me every document that we want. We're not even alleging that you have not that you have underpaid your taxes because I haven't. I've paid everything I owe and probably more, honestly. And they're desperately reviewing everything and all they can find is that I owe $39.75 on my, you know, a lot of money earned tax return for 2022. Hey, this is just what's going on, all right? This is political targeting. They're coming for you too. This is going to be the goal. They sell the idea of, oh, we need 87,000 new IRS agents so we can go after billionaire tax cheats. No, they're coming after you, regular people, because there aren't enough uh, billionaires. There aren't enough hundred millionaires for them to go after. They're going to come after you as well. It is, I believe, absolutely inevitable. That's what's going to happen. Uh, Okay, finally, I wanted to mention this because all of the polls are telling the same story. Uh, National poll that just came out from Quinnipiac. We are about 11 months and three weeks from the 2024 election. I imagine this is something that certainly we will be talking about a lot. It's the first poll that has had Donald Trump in the lead nationwide. He's up to 48 to 46, according to a Quinnipiac poll that just came out on Joe Biden. If you add in RFK Jr., Trump is up one, 38 to 37 to 21. Remember, some of these polls are showing that RFK Jr. is winning voters under the age of 45 because a lot of younger voters, I think, are just fed up. Uh, If you add in... Uh, RFK Jr., Cornell West, and the Green Party candidate, Trump actually opens up an even bigger lead uh, of three points. Sorry, if you add in Cornell West, uh, then he opens up a three-point lead, 38 to 35. RFK Jr. hurt by Cornell West a little bit, it appears, and Joe Biden certainly hurt uh, by him as well. It goes to Trump up three, 38-35-17-3. We're 11 months and three weeks out. I get it. Still a substantial amount of time until we get to the summer and people start to pay some attention. And then really the campaign will begin in earnest around Labor Day 
when everybody comes back in off of their summer vacations, everybody will look around and say, okay, how's the economy looking? Where's the market going? How are things moving? All of that will become a valid discussion at that point in time. But the Biden administration, which has spent tens of millions of dollars already on advertising, has to be panicking over the strength that they are seeing uh, from Donald Trump. All right. I'll be back with you guys on Friday on Outkick the Show and on Clay and Buck. If you haven't already, check out the Patriot Awards. And reminder, I'll be on Big Noon Saturday uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee uh, for the Georgia game. Love all of you. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick the Show.